fear not or fear God? Which one is it? Because both commands are found in Exodus 20, verse 20. True Commentary with Stu Epperson, author of the book, Last Words of Jesus. There's smoke and fire, lightning and thunder on the mountain on Mount Sinai in Exodus 20, an epic moment in history where God gives his law and the people are scared to death. And Moses jumps in and says, fear not in Exodus 20, verse 20. And then he says to fear God, let his fear be before you. So which one is it? The truth is God is not mad at you. He's not here to kill you and destroy you. God is mad about you. He did not sit his son in the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So we're not to fear God in a tormenting, judgmental sense, but we're to have respect and a healthy love and awe of him because he gave his son for us. That's 2020 vision from Exodus 2020. True Commentary with Stu Epperson, author of the book, Last Words of Jesus. Available now in bookstores. Learn more at lastwordsofjesus.com. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes, Doug McCary, coming to you live from the Salem Center on this Wednesday afternoon. Call it SWAT Wednesday, September 13th, as we uh, just finished our first Bible study uh, about two hours ago. And uh, Doug, great lesson today. If you didn't make it, Man, there's a Thursday study tomorrow morning. There's another Zoom study tomorrow night, and there's a Friday study down in St. Augustine. And uh, if you're interested in attending a Bible study, in fact, I, I invited a couple of guys this week who were not able to make it, but I think they'll come. Uh, go to SWATradio.com if you're interested in uh, the the studies that are going on and great introduction to uh, Mark's gospel today. Yeah, it. it- it was very rewarding working through that. I learned things, you know, and I had a couple of guys that I talked to that came out to me afterwards and um, said they thought Mark was an apostle or a disciple. Right. You know, and it's interesting because, you know, we 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 read through the Bible a lot of times and we don't do deep dive studies or we don't really connect the dots because Quite frankly, uh, we've not had a lot of discipleship going on uh, in the churches over the years. And uh, and the messages on Sunday, to be honest with you, a lot of times have to do more with money and marriage than they do Mark hmm. or Peter or, or the stories of these men yeah. who were with Jesus. Now, listen, if you focus on – listen, I'm not saying that you can't make applications – to marriage and money and other sure. areas of our life. Sure. But pastors have a responsibility to feed the sheep. Leaders in ministry, if you if you have a teaching ministry, it's your responsibility to feed the sheep. And um and that feeding is not feeding them your opinion. It's not feeding them um uh you know just the the flavor of the day and the culture. Mm. Uh it is it is teaching God's word. And, you know, we, we did background today on Mark, and we're going to cover it next week on the radio, but you you learn a lot about the writer. Does that make a difference, Brad? Oh, man. Well, I was just going to say, I think, it, it, I don't know, the, how did you and I were talking about this on the way out of the building yesterday, just about uh, helping men learn how to teach, even though you, you made a good point today. Not everybody is called to 
teach, you know, mm-hmm. in the, I think in the sense, I think we're all teachers actually. Um, some of us are more gifted than others. Some of us actually have the gift of teaching, mm-hmm. but I think at the end of the day, most of us are capable of teaching mm-hmm. and it's hard to teach from scripture if you don't put it into context yeah otherwise it's very easy to pick and choose to pluck and pull what you want and you want it to say what you want it to say and so oftentimes you've heard it i've heard it many people have heard certain passages certain verses taken completely out of context as if they're applicable for you at this very moment and i think the the kind of your background today as you went into mark john mark as uh he's referred to um is important yes you know uh, yeah who's he writing to when is he writing who who was around him at that time who had an influence in his life oh and and were you surprised to know that he was that influenced by those two people yeah that's good it's yeah good. well mean, you know we think of paul uh, we think of the division between Paul and Barnabas, and we're reminded that Paul and his, uh, you know, wanted wanted John Mark. He asked for John Mark specifically, uh, knowing he would be of good of, of good help for him. I wonder how much of that also was related to um, a desire to restore that relationship. Yeah, we can get into that tomorrow. Well, I mean, next week. Well, you know, the, the thing that struck me was I never considered, to be honest with you, when I think of Mark, I think of the split. But after today, or after the study, and after this teaching, because you know, when you're teaching it to others, you're reminding yourself of these truths right. as well. I'm not going to think of him in the split as much as the fact that God use the split to humble him and then bring him back i mean it's just a really yeah really great well i think there's a lot of people i wonder doug how many people don't realize that the john mark they're speaking of who abandoned Mm -hmm. the work that was going on is this is this mark this is john mark who is uh writing the gospel of mark (laughs) Uh, yeah i mean to your point um most people don't realize he wasn't an apostle. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, and the other thing is a lot of people don't know that John Mark is Mark, the guy that wrote the gospel of Mark. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they, yeah, they, 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 they don't realize they that. don't, they don't make that connection and they certainly don't make the connection to the Mark that's mentioned in other books of the Bible, you know, just because they don't think about mm-hmm. it. Um, uh, um, so uh, there's people, it, it'd be interesting if you did a survey in churches and ask people who Mark was, who Paul was, you know, and the answers you might get back mm-hmm. in response, like who was Barnabas? Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the disciples. Well, no, he wasn't. <laughs> he, he was, he was somebody who came after that. Uh, um, you know, <laughs> People today, this is why we talk about how important it is to have the copy of the word and to know the word because AI Mm. can generate a lot of different things now. And we've already know they've been doing fake videos and fake stories and people are now creating fake Bible verses, AI generated Bible verses that aren't Bible verses at all. 
And uh, how are we going to know the difference of whether it's true or not? Uh, Jim Dennison today did an article about, you know, uh, the wildfires in Maui were set by a secret weapon, you know, that the U.S. was testing a secret weapon. And, you know, I remember reading an article the other day. Somebody was saying that all the famous people like Oprah or whoever else had houses over there were painting the roofs blue because it didn't work on a blue roof. I mean, there's weird kind of things going on in the Internet that never would have passed muster in a newspaper. Mm. And people buy into all this stuff. Well, the same is true of the Bible. There, there are so many bad teachings out there right now. And sometimes, Brad, there are people who have bought so into something for so long, they get really upset with you when you start to question these gurus or these, I call them gurus, but they're, quote, devotional people that are musicians that they've bought into who have no theological training background. They just throw this stuff out there. And I don't want to burst anybody's bubble. Lori got mad at me the other day because she said, now I can't listen to this person's music anymore. (laughs) And everybody loves this person. Like she's one of the most popular singers on Christian radio or secular radio right now. But her theology is really questionable. And she's even made some statements that make you scratch your head and go, wow, okay. And there's never been a gospel presentation at her concerts that has been documented. Uh, Nothing on her website about Jesus. But a lot of Christians think she's the greatest Christian singer in a while. I feel like I'm not the one to do it. Maybe you can do it. I feel like sometimes we need to look at some of the things that are being played in Christian settings. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that could be at church, mm-hmm. could be at youth camps, wherever. It, it's almost like we need a um, a deep dive into some of the, well, we the, need, the songs do, do, that are being sung that are so unbiblical. Do you know who the guy named James, uh, what's his name is, who does the undercover videos? Oh, uh, you're not talking about Wretched. Are you? No, 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 no. Wretched yeah. is good too. They do it. Or James White, or no, no, uh, no. He, this guy's. Uh, he's. I don't think he's a believer, hmm. but he's done a lot of undercover videos exposing the abortion industry. Um, I can't think of his name right now. It. it uh, you would know it if you heard it. Um, hold on a second, because now it's going to drive me crazy. By the way, Brad, explain to people. <laughs> what SWAT means and while I'm looking for this and that that during the first segment what we do a lot of times yeah so in fact I've had the privilege of meeting with a young man this morning who recently moved to Jacksonville of course I invited him to our Bible study he goes well what what is SWAT what is that and uh always always privileged to be able to talk about SWAT SWAT stands for spiritual warriors advancing truth and uh, obviously, this uh, radio broadcast was birthed out of uh, Doug, you teaching around town, and uh, an invitation or an opportunity presented itself to uh, take what's being taught on a weekly basis and bring it to the airwaves, but in a more practical, not say practical, I mean, the Bible's practical, <laughs> yeah. but really more at an application level where you and I get in here and, and, uh, and obviously 
teach exposit the word, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, let's talk about how we apply it. Mm-hmm. What is this? How does this impact the way you live? How does this impact your marriage, your family, your work, whatever it is? And so, so obviously, I sit in this studio with you. I, I get the benefit of uh, learning from you and growing in God's word, but uh, hopefully thousands of people over the last six, seven what are we year seven i think we're yes, in almost sure. of uh, of doing this and so uh anyway we it's uh it's the only uh men live men's bible study that we're aware of on radio and uh you're welcome to call in anytime 844-777-7928 well um the guy's name is james o'keefe oh yes yeah, yeah. james yeah. he did a yeah. lot of uh <clears throat> undercover videos exposing things um and, you know, I do have to say this. I know we're getting ready to go to our first break as we kind of wrap up our, quote, cultural world, <laughs> world Christian worldview impact thing. But, you know, people are already kind of amping up for Halloween. And I'm already sick of the movies, man. The <laughs> movies are just like every slasher movie, every horror movie, that is out there that uh, some of them and brad i don't know if you've been to the movies lately uh Lori and i went to see a movie when we were in shreveport and there are three movies out that are just about demonic possession and they just are wicked i mean i don't even know who writes this stuff but it is do you remember when the exorcist first came out <laughs> yes people had to go see counselors they could they were so shook up by it now people go see this stuff and they blow it off like it's they yeah. they get their thrills from it. You well, know? We're, it's a it's a calloused culture, yes. and uh, and unfortunately, uh, many in the church are caught up into that culture. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, you and I we've talked about the the whole idea of unhitching from the Old Testament. Why well, I'm so so happy we're covering Haggai, just as a going back and. Uh, just you realize how beneficial the Old Testament is, and yet you know in our culture, in the Christian culture today, mm-hmm. we're we're much more. There seems to be more emphasis on the church fitting into the culture mm-hmm. rather than the the culture uh, obeying Christ. Oh, absolutely, uh, absolutely. And you see it no greater than in the 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 Hollywood. Uh, celebrity scene and the the movies that are being pushed on us day in day out. I haven't been haven't been to the movies in a while. I think the last I saw Mission Impossible, which oh, yeah. I didn't particularly like, but that's okay. You didn't like it's it. Not, it's not for everybody. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Usually we, I like those. We went to see the Equalizer. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, I like Denzel Washington. It, but. I like him too. I like him too. Hey, glad you tuned in today. Again, if you want to call in eight four four seven 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 nine two eight. If you have a question or a comment. Love to take those. Ask at SWATradio.com. That's A-S-K at SWATradio.com. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls.
SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. The Florida Georgia Truth Network in Folkston at 91.3. I push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself. Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help. But I know I never win this war. I can never be, never be free without. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug coming to you on this uh, Wednesday afternoon. We're glad glad you've tuned in. If you want to call in, we always uh, love to hear from you. 844-777-7928. That's 844-777-SWAT. And um, we're going to jump back into Haggai um, to wrap up today. And uh, you're doing a replay tomorrow, I believe. Yes. Correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. And tomorrow, um, I will not be in, in the studio, but I am going to uh, replay uh, a best of. I'm still trying to decide. I'm, I'm going to get your input <laughs> on the next break, uh, on the news break on the half hour, and decide which one to do. I'll tell you where I'm leaning, and I know we've replayed it once, but... Um, the interview with Ben Sobel's of mm-hmm. uh, the Kingdom Gospel, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially since we're going into Mark, uh, it, it was it was a great interview with him. He's a pastor, right? And um, he really, you know, I love the way he responded to the questions, and I thought it was just a really good interview. Well, that might be a good a good replay. Uh, not to, I don't want to belabor the point. Uh, after Bible study today, you and I ended up visiting with one of our. Uh, fellow SWAT brothers and uh, I know I know those Wednesdays or whenever you're teaching uh, just because I've been there and you end up chatting with a few people yeah it's one of the things I always love about uh, I mean heck it's what I love about what we do in here sometimes our our breaks are equally as in-depth as what we're studying but uh, uh, one of our good friends Amos uh, and I were talking about sharing the gospel and I was mentioning how much that book has shaped so not just how i share the gospel but why i share the gospel and uh, we got to talking about uh you know being chosen being predestined uh being you know elected what all those things and he asked the question which i thought was a great question uh so why share the gospel <laughs> like you haven't ever heard, had that question oh, I know. you know if god already knows who's going to be saved why do we share the gospel yeah. And the only, you know, to me, the answer is sharing the gospel is an act of worship. Yeah. Uh, if you went to the game, if you went to the uh, Jaguar game on Sunday, which I think was held in in uh, Indianapolis, mm-hmm. but if you happen to go to that game and you experienced a win by the Jaguars, there's a good chance on Monday when you went to work, you talked about that game. Okay, so. 
the beauty of sharing the gospel and when i say it i think it's an act of worship it's because we're bragging on our on our king we're, we're talking about our king i have no idea whether the guy i'm sharing with is going to receive jesus as king but what you know it, it's hard not to uh, experience see know about something that is so unbelievable that we don't share it well and it's it's a command for us to be witnesses. It, we are it to is. be witnesses out there to go and proclaim. Uh, it 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 wasn't just for the disciples or even the early believers. In John seventeen, Jesus prayed what? Not only for them, but those that would believe because of them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to do the continue doing the work. Right. right. And so. Um, so yeah, so I I uh, I really I think that's where I'm headed with that for tomorrow. Ben Sobel's, who's a pastor out in California, who helped write the book with Bill Hull, uh, the Kingdom or the Discipleship Gospel, and they use Kingdom and Discipleship Gospel interchangeably. Hey, um, I want to get into Haggai. We're we're kind of finishing up Haggai this week. So if you haven't listened. To the last couple of weeks, you can go back and listen by going to SWATradio.com. You can go to SoundCloud. We, we The SWAT Radio thing is podcast. If you just go to any podcast thing and put in SWAT Radio, it should come up. But just a quick um, recap on the first uh, two messages that is in Haggai. 1 through 15, chapter 1, is about our priorities and and it's about it was about their priorities they had gotten off whack because they were experiencing opposition and so god speaks through haggai to zerubbabel who was the leader joshua who was a leader who was the priest and uh, zerubbabel was the governor which they didn't have a king uh under the babylonians they they allowed them to be called governor and um a quick side note on that. I've been reading through Samuel. Do you know what God refers to Saul and David as? He doesn't call them king. He calls them princes. That's the word used there because there's mm-hmm. one king. Yeah, you're right. And and so I thought that was interesting because we use the term king when we refer to King Herod or king. But God, when he refers to David, refers to him as a prince and Saul as a prince. So anyway, um, uh, going back to uh, Haggai 1, it was about priorities, the rebuilding of God's temple. They didn't do that. So God spoke to them through Haggai. They repented. And then in chapter 2, it's um, the second message is about the perspective we have, who we're laboring for. Because there were people in chapter 2, the older people were grumbling, hey, this isn't like the old temple. This isn't as good and, and God kind of jumped on that bandwagon and said, listen, it's not about the outside. It's not, and, and I, I own all the gold and all the silver. I will make it good. You just be obedient <laughs> to me. You know, so often, Brad, when we're looking at ministry or we're looking at our lives as believers, we think of things in terms of the exterior. Yeah instead of just being obedient to God on the inside of what he's calling us to do and let him worry about the finished product. 
We just obey. And that's what he's talking to him about in chapter, in the second message, the first part of chapter two is, hey, you know what? You need to have a good perspective on this. And I'm the one, I'm going to make this, I'm going to shake the earth, he says. I'm going to make this better because what ultimately happens in the temple that they rebuild is Christ walks. He fills that place with the Messiah's presence, which is something nobody had seen in the Old Testament. You know, so that was a, a good thing. And then as we, we're into chapter 2, verses 10 through 23, we've covered 10 through 19. We've been looking at this idea of God's magnificent plan, how he starts off in verse 10 with this two-question test. We called it a bedroom talk where he's kind of going back over what happened in chapter 1 saying, hey, you need to look back Think where God has brought you from and consider going forward. You don't want to do that again. And we, we talked about that, and he reminds them of those things. And that's what we we talked about yesterday. And today we're looking at the last really four or five verses, verse 20 down through 23 for, you know, four verses. And he says, I'm sending this message to Zerubbabel about shaking the heavens and earth again. Remember, that's from Hebrews 12. It's quoted, you know, in Hebrews 12, and he already says that once in Haggai. Everything in this present universe is going to disintegrate. Do we live like that? No. I mean, it, no. It, it's kind of hard to live that yeah. way, isn't it? Yeah, we're, uh, <laughs> yeah, by, by a long stretch. Look, look at the language, look at the political emphasis that's out there as if we're going to have some impact on saving the earth <laughs> oh yeah well in fact why don't you read um haggai verse 20 through 23 yeah yeah it says the word of the lord came a second time to haggai on the 24th day of the month speak to zerubbabel governor of judah saying i'm about to shake the heavens and the earth and to overthrow the throne of kingdoms I'm about to destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the nations and overthrow the chariots and their riders. And the horses and their riders shall go down, every one by the sword of his brother. Verse 23, on that day declares the Lord of hosts, I will take you, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shealtiel, declares the Lord, and make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord of hosts. Now, go over, Brad, after reading that, and read Hebrews. And remember, we, we don't know for sure who wrote Hebrews, but we know it was written to people in and around Rome. Three groups of people made up of believers, made up of people who were kind of curious, and those who just flat out were posers. But look at, start in verse 20 uh, let's see look at verse uh 24 we start in 24 read 24 down through 28 or 29 29 okay and to jesus the mediator of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of abel see that you do not refuse him who is speaking for if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less 
will we escape if we reject him who warns from heaven? At that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. Okay, so where did that come from? It came from yeah. Haggai. Yeah. But we don't need the Old Testament. <laughs> right. Right? I mean, so how are you going to understand what he's saying here if you don't go back and look at the context? Well, and that's what makes it so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So, scripture supporting scripture. Verse, and, and, and then 27 explains it. Exactly. So Verse 27, this phrase yet once more indicates the removal of things that are shaken. That is things that have been made in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, verse 28, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and all for our God is a consuming fire. So Hebrews, the writer is explaining what God said through Haggai to Zerubbabel because it's still applicable. Yeah. And it's still applicable today. Yeah. And the message to Zerubbabel in verse 21 is everything in the whole universe is going to disintegrate. And when we come back, we're going to look at 22 and 23. And what does this really mean for me and you today? Yeah. Mm. All right. So. Good, good word. Glad you tuned in. 844-777-7928. You can call us at 844-777-SWAT. Email us at ask at SWATradio.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. News. I'm John Scott. United Auto Workers President Sean Fain says they take a September 14th deadline seriously. He spoke to Good Morning America, ABC News. We've been very upfront uh, from the beginning with the companies that, uh, um, you know, we're not picking a target. The target is the big three. And we expect, you know, September 14th is a deadline. We expect to have agreements with all three companies by that date. The workers deserve that. And if they do not have an agreement by that date, then there will be action. At a Tuesday meeting, an anonymous source says Fain did not say whether the union would target vehicle assembly plants or component factories. The UAW not commenting on its strategy. Also at SRNews.com, escape murderer Danilo Cavalcanti has been captured after eluding hundreds of searchers for two weeks in rural southeastern Pennsylvania. The big break came early Wednesday as a plane fitted with a thermal imaging camera picked up Cavalcanti's heat signal that allowed tactical teams on the ground to secure the area, surround him, and move in with search dogs. A key Russian aerospace center was the site of a meeting between North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un and Vladimir Putin. The BBC's Gene McKenzie says the choice of the Vostokny Cosmodrome for the summit was significant. Mr. Kim may well ask Mr. Putin for sensitive weapons technology that would allow him to make progress on his nuclear weapons program. Now, that's where the space station comes in because one of the things Mr. Kim has been trying to do over the past six months is launch a spy satellite into space and his two previous attempts have failed. Now, would Mr. Putin really be willing to hand over this technology to Mr. Kim? Certainly people are sceptical. You know, this is sensitive stuff. The BBC's Gene McKenzie. 
The Dow ahead 32 points. The Nasdaq up 88 points. This is SRN News. What do you put your hope in? This is Ken Ham, publisher of the award-winning Answers magazine for families. Evolution is a story about the past, but it's also a story of the future. You see, in this worldview, death and suffering are just part of life. And our hope is that we'll somehow evolve to escape these things. But God's Word gives a totally different picture of the past and the future. God created us, and the original creation didn't have any death or suffering. These things are the result of sin. Jesus came, died, and rose again to defeat death. Those who trust in Him will spend eternity in heaven, where there'll be no death or suffering. Evolution offers no hope for humanity, but God's Word gives true hope through Jesus Christ. Discover more about the hope of God's Word when you visit AnswersRadio.com and subscribe for daily email insights from Ken Ham at AnswersRadio.com. No active accidents, but there's some major delays because of police activity on I-95 northbound at the MLK 20th Street Expressway blocking the left lane. Also, there's a broken down vehicle in St. John's County on I-95 northbound near the World Golf Village exit. Partly cloudy tonight, low 74. Thursday, partly sunny with some afternoon storms, high 88. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm AJ. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice of the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here on this uh, Wednesday afternoon. Glad you have uh, tuned in. Uh, we always love to hear from you guys who are out there listening. If you want to call, you got something to say, uh, 844-777-7928. And yes, there is a study tomorrow morning at Jumpin' Jack's House of Foods. Um, uh, Doug, I don't know why. I can't seem to remember the ad- the address over there. You can't, but uh, I know I should. So, so you leaning uh, on me? You want our, me to to kind of bail you out? Our, here? our good friend Craig Henderson <laughs> will be leading that study tomorrow morning, and um, in fact, I'm going to bail you out. Yeah, I'll please bail, bail me. Four eight eight seven Belfort Road. It's over by the Wounded Warrior. Yes. Building. Just remember, forty eight eighty seven four double eight seven Belfort Road, six fifteen to seven fifteen. Uh, so Craig Henderson will be leading it and, uh, it'll be great. So I hope uh, you guys will, will join it. And again, for all the guys that showed up today, both this morning and lunch, I, I, I really appreciate you being there. And for you guys who are listening out there who would like to join tomorrow night, send an email to Doug at SWAT radio.com. That's D O U G at S W A T R A D I O.com. And I will send you a link, and you can join the Zoom at 7 p.m. tomorrow night. From 7 to 8 is when we do our SWAT Zoom. There's a lot of guys at work, and they can't get away, and so we do a Zoom. There's some guys outside of Jacksonville that want to be able to participate, so we do that. So uh, anyway, 
um i wanted to uh just pass that along hey i know we don't um um i wanted to just mention i had uh dr justin young or uh yeah dr justin young is one of my guests last week uh he is with uh gordon conwell uh which uh they're they have campuses all over but they've got a campus right here in our building and there is a great conference the telos conference bible and theology conference coming uh, Thursday, September 21st through Saturday, September 23rd. In fact, uh, Doug, one of our good friends, uh, Pastor Tim Lusk, will be doing one of the breakout sessions there. And listen, if you just came for Tim, it'd be well worth it. But it's a $15 cost to come to the conference. And uh, so I highly recommend this. Um, Go to GCTS, like Gordon Conwell theological seminary g g c t e s g c t s dot e d u slash telos t e l o s if you want to register for that uh that's going to be a great conference yeah it, it will be and um they do a good job and you know tim i remember early on at cfc tim teaching um when he, he just said hey if any of you guys want to grow and learn I'm going to be teaching through the prophets. And I went to that. And it was just a great time of working through the Old Testament and stuff. And Well, <clears throat> Tim is one of my probably, well, probably one of my all-time favorite. Just he's he's a true shepherd. Yeah, he yeah. is just such a great guy. One of the other guys I had on last week was Zach Melton as my guest last Thursday. And he's with Copassion, which we were talking about their upcoming uh, breakfast on October 3rd which is uh, just an opportunity for people to hear about the journey. They are a partnership, really, of connecting the marketplace with college students. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're discipling these students at UNF, connecting their, you know, their, their, their majors. If it's an accounting major, they're connecting them with accountants who love Christ. And how does that look to merge your faith with your work? Mm. So if you want more information about that, you can go to uh, copassion.org. So anyway, just well, hey, so let's just let's just kind of wrap up Haggai here. Uh, You know, it says the word of the Lord in verse 20 came a second time on the 24th day. So twice in a day, God speaks through Haggai and he says, we covered it. He, he says, speak to Zerubbabel, governor, and say, I'm about to shake the heavens. We read that from Hebrews, mm-hmm. talking about the present universe is going away. In verse 22, this is a really interesting addition that we don't read about in Hebrews, but it's what the context is. So it's not just the physical world, right? He says, and to overthrow the throne of kingdoms. I am about to destroy the stronghold, the strength of the kingdoms of the nations. I'm going to overthrow the chariots and their riders. Their horses and their riders will go down, every one by the sword of his brother. These are the kingdoms of man. God is going to destroy the kingdoms of the nations, their military. You know, we look around at our military today, and it's so sophisticated People believe, I, I, I really believe that people believe that, um, you know, it's kind of 
ridiculous to think that God could overthrow a jet or a God could overthrow a, a ship or God could, you know, God controls the whole universe. And just because our weapons and our transports have gotten more sophisticated, it does not negate the power of the almighty one true living God. And he says, I'm going to destroy the kingdoms of the nations, their military. You look at China, you look at Russia, you look at the U.S. You know, we take great pride in our military strength. That's what we say projects our presence or our strength. It's mm-hmm. the military. Nobody's <laughs> boasting about their education system as per- is really, you know, their strength. Right. Nobody's boasting about their economy, really. It's the military. And God says, I'm taking all that down. Just like the, the earth's going to evaporate, I'm going to take all that down. And then on verse 23, he says, on that day, I will take you, O Zerubbabel, my servant, and I'll make you a signet ring, for I've chosen you, declares the Lord of hosts. You know, Paul says in Acts 17, verse 30, that God has commanded all men to repent because he has fixed a day on which he'll judge the world. And, and again, what does it say? The Lord of hosts. This is the Yahweh in charge of the angel armies, the Yahweh in charge of the universe. It is the one true living God, the king who created everything, and he's in charge of all these things. You know, and I, I wrote in my notes, Brad, that in the Garden of Eden, how many things were underneath the rule of Jesus uh, before the fall? And everything. Everything, right? But after the fall, the whole creation was cursed, right? And groans, according to what Paul wrote, I think it's in Romans, isn't it? Did he write, or, or Corinthians? He wrote either in Romans or Corinthians that the whole earth groans. Right. As in labor. Yeah. Everything is out of sorts until what day? That day that he comes back and judges the whole world. Um, You know, Ephesians 1 says that in him we were chosen before the foundation of the world. That we might what? We might walk in holiness, that we might put him on display, that we might demonstrate our trust and faith in him and he finishes that little you know 14 you know or 11 to 14 verse uh paragraph there with saying every knee will bow every tongue will confess christ is going to take back the headship and and how many tongues how many knees it says all of them and so you can reject him now you, you, and there, you and I both know people that openly reject him now. Oh, I don't care. I don't. On that day, they're <clears> going to care. Yeah. And that period began at the death and resurrection of Jesus, but it doesn't culminate until his return. And he calls it your signet ring. God chose the house of Judah to be the one that the final king would come from. And guess what? Zerubbabel is in that line. And so. He says, you work, you rebuild my temple, and and though there's going to be a lot of people that come against you, he says, and mock you, don't fear, because we're going to win. We're going to win. And he's telling Zerubbabel that. Listen, you just do that. And so we should be encouraged, man. It it should give us a confidence in God's word. uh, And 
quite frankly, it should move us to want to be living our life in alignment with who we know is going to win, right? Mm-hmm. And remind <clears throat> us that God is loving, he's faithful, and we can trust him. We win. Revelation 22, 5, forever and ever and ever. 22, 6, his words are trustworthy, right? We win. We win. Well, I was looking, um, as I just read from Hebrews chapter 12, and verse 28 says, therefore, so in light of all this shaking that's going to take place, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship Mm -hmm. with reverence and awe. For our God's a consuming fire. Yeah. That we, we we rejoice not because of this kingdom, but because of His kingdom, the kingdom that's coming, so. and the kingdom that Ben Sobel's is going to talk about tomorrow on SWAT Radio. I'm replaying an interview of Ben Sobel's <laughs> who helped write the the um, discipleship gospel. He'll be talking about the kingdom, so uh, make sure and stay tuned tomorrow. Yeah, hey, glad you tuned in. You want to call? Last segment coming up eight four four. Seven 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 nine two eight. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. The Florida-Georgia Truth Network, on the air in St. Augustine at 91.9. Look down from a broken sky, traced out by the city lights. My world from a mile high, best seat in the house tonight. Touch down in the cold black top, hold on for the sudden stop, breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here. We're in our last uh, session uh, for today. In fact, really our last segment uh, for Haggai. Although, so you mentioned Ben Sobels will be will be doing a replay of your interview with Ben um, and. Uh, Ben, that, that's a great interview. Also, your interview with Bill Hull was excellent. And uh, so that'll be tomorrow. On Friday, David Gray and I will be in, and we'll kind of put a bow on this uh, our study of Haggai. We'll mainly just uh, be talking about, just in light of this, how, how do we live now? How, how, how do you feel like you're going to walk out of this study? We had such a, a fruitful uh, time after Bible study today, chatting with a brother, just talking about how... Um, 
you know, it's it's important. Obviously, we talk about the discipline of studying, the discipline of being in the Word of God. Mm. But why? And why do you study? Mm. And uh, really, we study so that we're aware of what God's will is for us. Yeah. How are you going to know His will if you don't know His Word? Why well, exactly? You have to know, and you know what God is looking for. He's looking for people that are not perfect, people that don't have it all together, people that that are just uh, nailing it on every front. What he's looking for is broken people who are surrendered to him and to his plans, to his service. And, you know, he calls Zerubbabel my servant. You know, if you look, Love that. If, if you look back, he says, oh, Zerubbabel, I mean, Brad, isn't that encouraged? Can you imagine God saying, oh, Brad, my servant? I mean, like he's just telling him that title re- was reserved for God's specially chosen people, right? And Zerubbabel was chosen by God to be the governor, which is really the king of the people. But because of Babylon's rule, he wasn't allowed to be called a king. And God compared it to a, compared him to a signet ring, a signet ring was used by kings at that time to put their seal on something uh, on a document and which guaranteed that if if it had that seal then it would it would be fulfilled the terms of the document would be kept and you know Zerubbabel was an ancestor of king Jehoiachin which was also called Conaniah and he had been rejected by God in fact God uttered a judgment against his relative. And he said, as I live, says the Lord, this is in Jeremiah, though Coniah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, were the signet on my right hand, yet I would pluck him off. And so what God is doing is he's reversing that and renewing his promise in the Davidic line. And so if you go to Matthew chapter 1, and you go to Luke chapter 3, these two genealogies, you know whose name you see there? Zerubbabel. He's in both of them. And that had to have encouraged Zerubbabel uh, to, to continue building the temple, doing the work there. And because, you know, the people of Israel, they're going to struggle for many, many years. You know, just getting that temple built didn't change their problems. A lot of times we think coming to Christ Okay, no more problems. And there's people that actually teach that. Yes, they do. But listen, he says, you shouldn't be surprised that you suffer. It's suffering that produces the depth in our relationship and our trust with God. Um, But one day, he says, the Messiah is coming. Zerubbabel, you're my signet ring. You're the mark that shows that this is going to happen. And so it's interesting as you read the Old Testament and you see how the history of Messiah just kind of progressed from time period to time period as God continues to weave his thread through Rahab, right? Yeah. Through Obed yeah. <clears throat> and David and Jesse and David and, you know, um, all through God's people, through Abraham and Moses. I mean, like the Davidic line. A lot of times when people celebrate the birth of Christ, and like when we Christmas, I know you read Luke two a lot. Yep. Um, people think about Joseph, they think about Mary, but they don't think about Zerubbabel. <laughs> exactly. They don't. They don't. They don't <clears throat> think about um, Haggai. 
They don't think about Joshua the priest. And, um, you know, the one thing that, that continues to keep coming across out of Haggai is the work of God was begun a long time ago. And the thing that sustains it and continues to fuel it is the word of God. Yeah. I mean, if you take the word of God away, that, then, then it's going gonna, it's gonna to be like an ember that just burns out. You know, because the word of God is what strengthens us. What you, you see that in Hebrews. Hebrews is quoting Haggai, something that happened thousands of years earlier, mm-hmm. to tell these people, listen, all this is going away. How many times have we talked about that? How many times have yeah. we heard it taught? Yeah. And yet, how easy is it for us to get our eyes on the moment, the temporary, and forget all this stuff is going away? Uh, but another important lesson is that that as we think about um, things and people start coming against us when we're trying to do God's work, um, we got to look out, look to God, look to His perspective, not these people, not these people that hmm. are trying to down us. We look, you know, faith sees the invisible; it chooses the imperishable to do the impossible. Right? That, I didn't say that. Warren Wiersbe said that, but it's a really great perspective isn't it yeah the faith sees the invisible it chooses the imperishable to accomplish the impossible and that's what we're supposed to be about our work today is part of god's big plan so don't think i'm just a mom or i'm just a dad or i'm just a business guy i'm out here man my work has no meaning in the kingdom i would you are god's representative wherever you are the question is are you serving or are you trying to consume? If you're about consuming, you're probably missing what God's trying to do through you and the people around you. Yeah, I wonder how much and a lot of what you were sharing even today as we <clears throat> um, kind of launched into our study of Mark is that Mark was a, a servant. Uh, that's that's what you see in the life of John Mark was he was, he was available and uh, even – even to the very end uh, and you know here in zerubbabel you know the lord says you you are my servant what if that's our what if that was our mindset day in day out mm. i'm here to serve and i think you you used that you referenced um uh mark 10:45 i believe it is today where it says uh, that jesus didn't come to be served but to serve yeah. and, to, and give to give his, his life, life a ransom yeah. for many. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I wonder, um, we, I think we get caught up in the macro and forget about the micro <laughs> Yeah, that when you think of great men of God, most of them were impacted by one person, yeah. by one person. And, uh, we, we get all caught up in how many people we're reaching and hey, why don't today you reach one Yeah, mom, if you got one child at home, reach that one. Dad, you got one son, reach that son, reach that daughter, uh, reach that grandson, share him the gospel, share with him the gospel, uh, share with him this kingdom that's not going to be shaken. Well, sometimes we get paralyzed, and and Mark could have done it. We're going to talk about him next week, but you know, I, I'm so encouraged uh, a lot of times by Paul's writing to the Corinthians. You know, the Corinthians were awful people, like they. They, they they used they had a term called to Corinthianize people. It was because they were so immoral. 
It's kind of like Americanizing. Yeah. And so people can make some very bad choices. And listen, if you care about God and you make a bad choice, a lot of times you feel like, okay, I'm unusable. But I love what Paul writes in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 1. He says, consider your calling, brothers. He, You know, he doesn't say consider your actions <laughs> that you've done. He says, not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many are of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak to shame the strong. He chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being would boast in the presence of God. I said this in the study, that God is not going to use you in a prideful state. He's going to break you. If you if you want to serve him, you know, he's going to break you. Because he doesn't want, you know, Paul says, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. I think of, uh, you know, um, uh, Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor, labor in vain. If if you're, listen, so many people today, man, you can go on Google, you can use AI, you can do a lot of things to make yourself polished, make yourself sound good, make yourself the perfect guy. I was talking to a guy earlier today. And he was telling me about this guy that made himself sound really, really, really good to get a job. And he got the job. <clears throat> and now he can't do the job because the job is so over him and he's looking to himself. Yeah. 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 And so because that guy oversold himself and he's not looking to God. He just wanted a position. How many people do you know like that, Brad? Well, I mean, there's lots of people in there. Yeah. Yeah. And we look, we can't listen. One of the <laughs> things that God wants more than anything in our lives is us to display a dependence on him and a, and a glorification of him that says, man, I'm not doing this. Oh, man. I couldn't do it unless he did it. Exactly. I, you were talking about Paul saying not many of you were wise. I, I think of Paul in 1 Corinthians 2, 4, where he says, and my speech and my message, weren't they weren't plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration. Yeah. You know, well, we're, we're a, we're a group of, of great sentiment, but very little um, getting it done. And so I think so much of what encourages me uh, as we've worked through Haggai and as we'll make our way into Mark uh, is just the, the, the actions, the servant, a servant isn't a person who talks, a servant does yeah, and makes himself available. Well, you remember what happened to King Uzziah, right? Over in second Chronicles, it says he built these machines and his fame grew everywhere. Well, that was his downfall. Yeah. And how many times have we seen it? People start believing their own press reports and all this. And, and then God says, no, nope, if you're mine, you're not going to steal my glory. You know, I'm going to, I can't use you if you're talking about you all. Hey, I'm only laughing because I've tried to steal his glory many well, times. You and in me fact, both. Yeah. I wrote down here just as part of our study today, uh, God cannot use us until he has taken us low. Yeah. He wants to take you low so that he can raise you up. We can't raise ourselves up. If we are raising ourselves up, he's going to take you low. 
Yep. Yep. Well, hey, tomorrow, Ben Sobel's of uh, the Deci or the Discipleship Gospel <laughs> book. I keep wanting to call it the Kingdom Gospel because that's why I call it. But he's going to be on our guest tomorrow, Brad, and David will be back on Friday, right? That's it. All right. And, and I'll see you on Monday. Yes, sir. Y'all right, have a good one. Mm -hmm.